a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. How about that intro song, huh? Huh? Gosh, I love it. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com 2018 450 MX Shootout Wrap Up Podcast presented by Fly Racing and FlyRacing.com. You know what's going on. Rocky Mountain is the online leader, okay? We're talking online leader, everybody. It's also trusted. Everyone should go there and buy their parts. If you guys want to buy some Fly Racing gear, Go to Rocky Mountain ATV MC. But you know they're the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us crazy mothers out there that ride these dirt bikes or anything off-road related. Street bikes, two wheels, four wheels, they got you covered. Also, don't forget about Fly Racing. You want to check out all the new 2018 gear, go to flyracing.com. If you want to order some of the Fly Racing gear, go to Rocky Mountain. Thank you, Fly Racing, for being the presenting sponsor on the Shootout Podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Max. I'm wearing the shit out of the gear. I love it. The new boa reel on the light hydrogen gear. Probably my favorite gear out there right now. I love the light hydrogen gear. Also, um, MEC is coming up, right? So Vegas, they got some sick uh, gear coming out for the MEC limited edition gear that I must have a couple sets of. You guys wait till you see it. It's going to be really cool. So hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm going to do a last wrap-up podcast for these 450 shootouts. I went over all the notes of the riders I rode all the bikes myself, and I rode them over, I don't know, last, yesterday, day before. Kind of went over some settings. So for those of you going to go buy these bikes, do 2018 machines, um, you can listen to these podcasts, go back and hear all these riders. There's a different type of rider. Height. See, I said height. Everyone's tripping on me because I say height. And the reason why I say height is because I'm used to saying width first, but I've been saying height, so that's where the H comes in. So, my bad, guys. Everyone calm down. It's amazing what people hear on these things, like just the intricacies that I've been doing that people people make out. So, height, weight, age, riding ability. I had almost, I think, 20 riders over the course of this shootout, and all of them had different opinions. So, what that means is all these bikes are damn good. It's just what kind of deal you get at your dealer, what kind of bike you like, what kind of rider are you, a front-end steering rider, rear-end steering rider, you like a mellow power, 450 power, you want a harder-hitting power. Um, But basically, I wanted to give you a wrap-up podcast, kind of go over each bike a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go and dive into huge detail here, and you can go back to the 
day one, day two, or day three podcast and really listen to everyone's comments if you want to really dive in. But we'll break down some things here on each bike, and we'll also give you some direction, some settings to have you try. So when you do get your bike, you can use that as like a baseline setting. I'm not saying these settings are the gospel. I'm not saying these these settings are going to be magic when you go on the track. But I do know they're pretty good, and this is kind of a setting that we've came up with from 160 pounds um, to like 190, maybe a little bit above. I have some extra settings here for bigger guys. So you bigger guys out there, I'll, I'll snippet some of uh, some settings off. If um, we're talking about these baseline settings, I'll give you a little bit um, of a different setting for each bike. Um, I have more time on some of these bikes than others. Obviously, I went back to the bikes I wasn't familiar with after the shootout and kind of rode them more to get some settings for you guys. Um, those two bikes, I haven't had much time on the Suzuki, so I rode it a little bit before shootouts, and then I rode shootouts for a day before I got broke off for the first day. But uh, I plan on doing more with those bikes, the Suzuki and the Kawasaki, for 2018. Excuse me. Because um, I want to get those things dialed in because I feel like those two bikes have potential but in stock form they need help and I want to help those machines I want to help you guys out there that are going to go purchase this, purchase these machines because they're good bikes especially the Kawasaki guys I for a bike that is not changed you know for 2018 a lot of guys like this bike it's just um, it needs a better fork so that's my goal I'm gonna go hunt and get a spring fork for this thing. I don't want to do the race tech conversion because I'm going to do some other race tech stuff with a Honda. So I want to just go buy a spring fork and just see what it does. So I'm going to go on Craigslist and buy an older spring fork, get it on there, and see how much it improves. I bet you it's going to improve a lot just with uh, front end feel because that was the number one comment or dislike from that bike. So we're just going to go from 6th to 1st. I'm going to lump the KTM and Husky together just because the settings that we came up with with both of those bikes are similar. I'm going to rip off um, some differences about those bikes. But first things first, 6th place was the Suzuki RMZ450. It sucks to rank a bike 6th place, but we had to do it, and Suzuki got 6th. I feel like maybe they rushed this bike a little bit, and they've probably felt pressure from the consumer and all of us media assholes out there saying, hey, the bike hasn't changed, blah, blah, blah. It's a dinosaur. Well, the 2017 bike wasn't bad. The 2018 bike is a little bit better. So I feel, and I know a couple guys in the shootout comments where they don't feel like it got better. It was more of a sideways move. But I feel like Suzuki has improved. And where they improved was rigidity balance on the bike. So for Suzuki lovers out there, you're still going to get, I would say, almost the same cornering. Maybe not exactly. It doesn't corner the exact same as the 2017. Maybe a little bit less um, of ease of cornering. But you are getting better straight line stability, I feel. A little less rigidity. Is it a Kawasaki frame? No. You're still going to get some harshness, some feedback through the handlebars. But at Glen Helen, man, it was a day and night difference compared to last year's bike. Last year's bike with that fork 
and the frame it just was super rigid and it was hard to get a comfortable setting it was easier to go into a comfortable direction with this 2018 so the fork was actually more of the problem in the shootout than the rear to me the new rear shock that showa has was really good on acceleration i had a little bit of time on it like i said before shootouts most of the riders comments were soft front end feel so we would go two to three clicks stiffer on the fork and maybe maximum two slower on the rebound that kind of settles that front end down a little bit also brings it up stiffens it up the important thing here guys for this bike is run a sag between 106 to 108 a little bit lower of an ass setting helps that fork not dive as much and kind of makes the whole balance of the bike better so that's key you guys might be thinking oh it's low but with that new shock it picks up all that small chop really well and it did that better with a setting between 106 to 108 so mark that down on your on your notepad go to a sag setting 106 to 108 go two to three um, click stiffer on your fork maximum two slower on your rebound and the shock I had some more time on it and it it's weird so there's only two settings it's a compression setting and then there it says there's a T what I think is I didn't get clarification from Suzuki but it's tension and here's how I feel this this clicker or I shouldn't even say clicker because they go off of turns there's no clicks so when I adjust the tension setting on that shock it almost acts like a ride height almost a sag feel and B it acts like a high-speed feeling to me so as I wanted some more hold up on jump faces and landing transitions I made a turn a full turn on that so tension one full turn there's no clicks on that thing and then also on the compression I went a half to a full turn on that as well it wasn't it was more of a noticeable change adjusting the the tension um, adjustment more than the compression adjustment so actually once you set the sag on this shock you could run that shock just how it is if you're anywhere between 160 to 190 and it's pretty good like I know some guys were complaining about this shock but I thought it was actually pretty comfortable it's a different feeling my complaint was the bike feels hinged like in the middle I don't think that's more of a shock problem I think more of a front-end problem so um, I would like to get some valving going I know Pro Circuit has some some good settings I've heard so I'm gonna try to go around and try a different couple companies of some valving and try to get back with you on a a living with podcast on this thing maybe after the holidays so we have some better direction for you guys so um, obviously lean coupler seems to be the best horsepower um, difference that was one of the negatives on this bike was just felt kind of bleh kind of doggy nothing too exciting but yet wasn't horrible you know the slower guys with less technique like this engine because it was easier to manage for me I'm only 170 pounds but I want some excitement to make the bike feel light and I feel like the lean coupler helps this a little bit to make it feel a little bit lighter gives you more throttle response um, mid rpm response so 
for those of you guys going out there, go to the link coupler. That's pretty much the standard thing we've been doing with that bike anyway. No different in the 2018 model. So those are my directions for the Suzuki. Like I said, don't have a ton of time on that thing. So give me a couple months, guys. I'm going to dissect this thing pretty good, and we'll we'll dive into it more here around the holidays. So fifth place was the Kawasaki, like I mentioned. Great frame, feel, bump absorption. Overall length of the bike feels long. That was a lot of comments on this bike. The fork is a pain in the ass. The engine is very snappy. The bike feels light. Yes, a Kawasaki feeling light. Some of these guys that rode it that haven't that haven't ridden the new generation chassis on this thing was they were blown away. They couldn't believe how light it felt because they're used to that big boat back in what, two thousand sixteen? Yeah. So um, so once they changed it, and oh, sorry, 2015. Once they changed it, um, it was it was tons better. So no different than 2018. So here are some fork setting guys. Um, the TAC fork, man, it's it's tough. It's a tough tough nut to crack. Let me tell you guys, it's I've dealt with this thing the last couple of years, and when I think I find a good setting at one track, it completely changes at another track. So. These are the accumulation of almost a couple years of settings that I've tried on this bike. This is the most comfortable um, setting that I can give you that you can go out and be like, okay, it's it's decent everywhere. It's not great, okay? It's decent. It will change throughout the day, so just make sure you guys are aware of that. So on the fork, your compression, you want to be four out, okay? Rebound, 10 out. Inner chamber, 154 PSI, outer chamber, 15.4 PSI, balance chamber, 175 PSI, okay? Once again, compression, four out, rebound, 10 out, inner chamber, 154, outer, one I'm sorry, outer, 15.4, and balance, 175. So, sag should be on this thing a 105, that's the happy spot. I've tried a little bit higher of a sag to try to make it corner a little bit better. To me, it hurts the whole overall balance of this bike, so stick with a 105 millimeter setting. Low speed compression, 11. High speed compression, 1.5. Rebound, 11. And like I said, sag at 105. That's the best setting I could come up with this Kawasaki. Run the lean coupler. A lot of you guys are out saying, oh, what about gas? What about fuel? With any of these bikes, I've ran VP T4E. They've had T4, but I feel like this new T4E is better. So on this Kawasaki and the Suzuki, if you are going to run VP T4E, go back to the standard coupler, okay? Because it will lean it out just slightly, not much, okay? It's it's a pump replacement fuel, but going to this will lean it out just a little bit. And these two bikes are super finicky with, with any kind of change, fuel change. And Kawasaki especially, you will hear a little detonation under load, like heavy dirt coming out of corners. So when you do go to a race gas, go back to the original coupler and then run the race gas. If you guys are running pump gas... Lean coupler is the best. That's the direction I would go. Um, to me, everything else on the Kawasaki's, everybody asked me about reliability, durability. I've ridden 
the shit out of this thing. The only thing that's really crappy on this bike is the chain sliders, the chain guides, um, just the slide and glide stuff. The chain, they're just pretty cheap and they don't last as long. So you can go to TM Design Works or you can just get a whole bunch of stock stuff and replace them all the time, however um, you guys want to do it. But uh, definitely they last about eight hours and then they're done. So I'm at, what, a little over 10 hours on this unit and I've replaced it already uh, two times. So just note that, always check that. But otherwise, yeah, this bike's really good. A lot of guys like this bike in the shootout, just the fork hurts it. So make sure you try that fork setting, get back to me, tell me what you guys think. So the KTM and Husky, I'm just gonna lump in here. I know I'm going off the the map as far as results and settings and and doing different things. So the KTM got second. The Husky tied for third. Okay. Um, the difference is we've mentioned this in this in the previous show podcasts. The muffler, swing arm, obviously the airbox, handlebars are different between the Husky and the KTM. The Husky seems to be a little bit more plugged up in the muffler. Um, the diameter of the airbox is less on the Husky. And also the swing arm is less stiff than the KTM. Uh, some I've been with around some of these Husky guys, the employees, they sometimes they put KTM swing arms on because they like that feel. Honestly, when I rode it, I didn't mind the KTM, I'm sorry, I didn't mind the, K, um, the KTM swing arm so much, but when I rode the Husky, the Husky was a little bit more compliant to me in the rear, which made me rate that bike better, the Husky, better at Comp Edge. Comp Edge got some square edge and stuff, and I felt like that was a better direction for me for comfort. So um, I didn't. I know we didn't talk about that in the in these other podcasts, but that's the difference between the swing arm. The KTM swing arm is a little bit... Um, little bit stiffer and the Husky is less stiff. So some of these, the air, the AER fork is really good. A lot of these guys say, Hey, if you blindfolded me and you, and you, and we could ride blindfolded, I couldn't tell a spring fork, um, from this AER fork. That's how good this air fork is. The thing that doesn't, it doesn't do like a spring fork is consistency. Again, air forks are going to change guys. I don't care how well you got it. I don't care if you put nitrogen in it or whatever. It's going to change. I've dealt with nitrogen. It still fluctuates throughout the day. Yeah, not as much. Maybe by 0 0.2 to 0 0.4 um, bars, but it still changes over time. Once again, I'm a big feeling guy. It changes feeling over the course of the day. So if you're a 160-pound guy to 190, 190s-ish, the stock 10.8 bars is good. Don't fuck with those, the air pressure. They've dealt with that a lot. They've R&D'd the crap out of it. 10.8 bars is a good place for you guys in that weight ratio, okay? If you're a bigger guy, you're 190 to 230, go to 11 bars, okay? Start there. 160 to 190, guys. 10.8 bars, one slower on the rebound, and anywhere between one to two stiffer on the compression. You bigger guys, 190 and up, 11 bars, you can go two in stiffer 
on the compression. Go one slower on the rebound, okay? That is where you need to be. Don't stray too far with the air unless you're really heavy 250 and above. But 10.8 bars is pretty good. As you're going to be riding throughout the day, that number is going to creep up a little bit because of heat. All right, so just notice that. If you're lighter than 160, which is rare for a 450 guy, you can start anywhere between 10.6 to 10.7. You would think 0.1 bars is not that much. It is. It's huge on the track, trust me. I need to get, do the math, and I haven't done that, and I should have done this before I did the podcast. But what 0.2 bars is in PSI, I do not know that. So maybe one of you guys out there can hit me up on a on an email at chris at keyforinktesting.com and tell me. If not, I'll just do it myself. But um, it does make a difference on the track. So the shock, you can go... It's kind of empty on the on the end stroke on both of these bikes. When you dive deep down into the shock stroke, it kind of feels soft. So you can go to a quarter turn on the high speed stiffer. Low speed, plus two, stiffer on the compression. And sag, for me, I ran 105. So always around 105. I never really strayed from that. And that's a good number to start from. Also... We didn't go over throttle cams. I've experienced with some throttle cams. People are saying, Chris, what about the black throttle cram? Throttle cam. I agree. If you guys out there want some more hit from your Husky, to me, I don't think the KTM needs it. But if you want some more snap, try the black throttle cam to see if that helps you. That'll get you a little bit more snap just from the ratio. It wasn't a huge difference for me. People say it's a night and day difference. I disagree. I don't think it's that huge, but it does help to make it more KTM-esque because on the track, the KTM and the Husky do not feel the same engine-wise. The Husky's a smoother, broader power, while KTM has more excitement and more RPM response. So when the track dries out, I kind of like a Husky better. Loamy, deeper conditions, the KTM to me is also slightly more exciting to ride. I'm a big fan of the Orange Brigade. I like this Husky. I wasn't really a fan of a Husky last year. Um, but these changes that KTM made to the fork, and obviously Husky adopted some of that, I like the balance of the bike. I can ride these bikes pretty hard. So I really enjoy riding these bikes. And I like the flex of the Pro Taper bar better than that neck and bar. It's not such a stinging sensation when you slap down. And if you listen to Paul Parabinos, which he works at Pro Taper in one of those pod, day three podcasts, we talk about crossbar and non-crossbar handlebars. I don't, I don't agree with Paul. I'm going to put this to the test. I'm going to grab grab a seven eighths handlebar, and then I'm going to go to an oversized one and one eighths bar with no crossbar and see if the flex is better on the one and one eighths because that's what he's claiming. I feel like that's wrong. I feel I can go to seven eighths crossbar handlebar and I'll get more flex. That's why I still think 7 eighths still hold a place in production motorcycles. I, I like them. So um, I want to put that to the test. But overall, KTM and Husky, not a lot to do with them as far as just adjusting your suspension. Engine-wise, they're both really good. You can go put an aftermarket muffler on and that helps you a little bit RPM response. But um, I'm not going to do too much with the KTM because I did a lot with that last year. But maybe I'll do some more stuff with the Husky. So we'll uh, we'll see. 
Hey guys, don't forget about Rutted Racing. They've been my sponsor for a couple months now, and Clint and April have helped me out quite a bit. But if you guys are looking for a more comfortable shirt to wear the track, to go support your husband, to go support your kids, or just want to look cool when you're going out to dinner, um, go hit up ruttedracing.com. Follow them on Instagram at ruttedracing. They basically have some shirts that are more fitted, softer. You know, if you're a normal-looking chick, normal-looking dude, they're not wide, they're not wider cut. So it's just an all-around better shirt. I've been wearing them for a couple months now, and they're just soft, they're nice, and I think uh, they're very cool. And also they support privateers. Number 81 this year was sponsored by Reddit Racing. So uh, thanks to those guys, thanks to Clint and April. And also, if you want to get, if you have a logo, and you want to get a t-shirt done, you can go to screenprintingdone.com. Neil is a cool dude. Um, if you mention Kiefer, order a dozen shirts, you'll get 10 for free. I just ordered some new Kiefer testing shirts that I'm selling on kieferinktesting.com. He made them up. I got 10 free shirts. He made me some hoodies. He did some tank tops. He, those freebies are awesome. So make sure you guys go to screenprintingdone.com mention Kiefer so you get your 10 free shirts and uh, make sure you tell them hey I listen to Kiefer Tested Podcast and it's the best podcast out there alright moving on to the Yamaha it's an all new bike this year um, I personally like this bike a lot no shocking I know I get a bunch of shit from you guys but being straight up and honest man I'm actually harder on those guys than I am with anyone else because you know I've had relationships with those guys in the past but it finished it tied for third with the Husky in the shootout I ranked it first for me personally at Comp Edge because it's a faster track flowy and it worked really well and suspension's really good I like it and it has a great motor right which almost every tester commented on and I think in our category section it won the engine department every day because the engine's so damn good but I've had a lot of time on this bike pre-shootout. So going to the fork, it's a little soft once it breaks in. You guys out there getting this bike, I know you've been waiting for the blue ones because I haven't seen that many. All, everyone's um, dealers are having white being sold first. I think that's a, a marketing plan by Yamaha to get these white ones sold because everybody's chomping out the bit to get these bikes. But go two in on your compression on your fork, okay? It's a little soft. You want to go one to two slower on your rebound as well to kind of help it from moving too much in the stroke on decel or just going up jump faces. High speed, you want to go to one quarter turn softer, okay? So you want to go out one quarter of a turn. This actually helps acceleration bumps when you helps it squat down and get some more traction. So 160 to 195 guys out there go a quarter turn softer for those of you guys at two two bills plus just leave your high speed where it's at low speed on the shock one to two clicks stiffer all right and that's a preference when you go softer on your high speed i went one click stiffer on the low speed and i like that so just play with the low speed after you guys go softer on your high speed um rebound i went one slower to kind of match the fork and kind of feel that balance on the track. Here's where it gets tricky. I mentioned this bike is 
on throttle is a little bit twitchier than a 2017 version. It, it's kind of opposite of what it was last year. So off throttle, very predictable, straight, good. On throttle, maybe we use the word hunt and pecking a lot, a little bit of side to side and twitchy movement. So here is what we came up with. Go to a sag rating of 104, 104 millimeters. If you're at 104, 105, I would say stay right in there, okay? The big thing is raise your fork up four to five millimeters. I went four for a little bit, then I went to five and it got better. So to me, it, 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 it almost is the opposite of what it should do. So you're kind of lowering the bike now, right? So you're dropping the sag, you're raising the fork up, you're lowering it. It kind of made everything on throttle, down straightaways, less active. That's what I like to call it. So now I'm not getting so much feedback and so much wiggle on throttle, it kind of made everything feel planted. To me, no negative out of that, which I thought, eh, maybe I'll get some negative on, you know, decel as soon as I chop the throttle. Nothing. To me, it feels the same. It's improving the bike's chassis feel by lowering it a little bit. And for those of you guys bitching about, you know, vague feeling, the, the Yamaha doesn't turn, raising your fork up five mil helps that. I've tested more than that. Do not do that. To me, I think any more than five, it's it hurts the chassis and you'll get some oversteer and you don't want that out of this bike. So um, 104 millimeter sag, 105, raise your fork up five millimeter. And also you can try a map that Travis made. Um, I've been running that since the intro back in what, early August. And I will post that up to keyforinktesting.com. If not, you guys can go to my Twitter, and I posted it up there. It's at kkiefer120, and then you guys can look at the map and install it. But it's super cool how Yamaha did that. If your buddy has a map, your buddy can text it to you, and then you can directly put that into your bike. It's a very easy, um, proactive, cool way of doing it nowadays. And I would see more manufacturers doing that here pretty soon, I feel like, because it's just an easy way. A perfect example, I was out testing this stuff on Saturday, and a buddy's like, hey, I just got a new bike. He rolled up, and I go, hey, let me text you this, this setting. I text it to him. He opened it up, saved it, sent it to his power tuner, put it in his bike, boom, he loves it. So this map gives you a little bit more torque, more throttle, feeling, more RPM response, more pulling power through the mid-range. This is a very good map. I kept it even when it was drier, hard pack. Um, for me and most guys that rode it in the shootout kept this map in it. So it's very important to try this map. Like I said, you can hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can get it to you or you can go to my Twitter at kkeefer120 or you can go to keyforinktesting.com and get it there. It finished third, it tied third. I, th I still think people didn't like the cornering character of this bike still. They, they felt like it was still big. To me, it doesn't feel as big as last year. Is it a huge difference? No. Does it feel as thin as a Honda? No. But to me, I get used to it real quick. So maybe some of these guys don't adapt well um, really fast, but for me, um, I don't really notice the, the width and the shrouds and, and the feel that they feel coming into corners. 
What I do notice is the dipping sensation, the feel that you're in the seat. I know Ty Davis mentioned it, um, Bowers mentioned it, and I mentioned this right when we did the, um, the intro at Glen Helen. I felt like when my ass was on the edge of the seat and I pushed ruts really hard, like I would hit the gas tank. So you think it's the seat base, but you're actually hitting the corner of the gas tank because you're pushing that foam through. And then you feel the, the seat base. So there is like a little dip inside of um, the foam where you kind of sit in the bike more. And then when they have the new 2018 bar mounts, it feels like I'm running ape hangers because the bar feels so high. So I used, I went back to 2017 bar mounts. For those of you guys out there that are average height, 5'10", 6 foot, you know, I'm, I'm six foot and I went back to the 2017 bar mounts because they're five millimeters lower than the 2018 version. I don't know what they were thinking when they went to a higher mount. To me, that exacerbates this whole problem where I'm kind of sitting in this pocket on the seat and I have a higher bar. So I like to feel a little bit more on top of the bike, feel neutral. The bar bend's great. I still love this bar bend. It's one of my favorite bends. I try to mimic that bend on every bike that I use. So um, you guys are looking for that bar bend. The closest one that I found besides, you know, getting replacement bar from Yamaha is Pro Taper Evo SX Race Bend. Okay, you can get a Fusion Bend. You can get a Fusion it's crossbar. You can get the Evo crossbar less. And... SX race. The next one closest to that is Yamaha High. Don't let the high scare you away. The YZ Yamaha High Bend is very close to the current Yamaha handlebar um, dimension. So to me, I still love this bike, guys. I'm going to explain the Honda. The Honda one, we all know this. Here's the thing. People ask me, the Honda, the Yamaha. When I go out into my garage and I look at both bikes, you know, all the bikes are sitting out there. I look at the Honda, I look at the Yamaha. To me, the Honda gets me more excited to go riding. Like, I look at that Honda, it looks like a race machine. I'm like, God, that thing looks bitching, right? I just want to go race that thing. I want to ride. It makes me excited to go riding. I ride them back to back on the same day. Uh, it kind of deters my excitement a little bit. I think the Yamaha is easier to ride, is more forgiving. So it doesn't get me excited. Now, that being said, it won because it corners bitching. It won because the motor's really good. And the suspension is balanced. There's not really anything too negative besides chassis rigidity. And you heard that name, you heard that word on a few guys, um, maybe older vet guys. I know Joe Aloff, um, Paul Parabinos. I mentioned this rigidity feel that you get when the track gets a little bit baked, square edgy. So many things you can do with the Honda. We can make a whole different podcast, which I did. You can go back to my living with the Honda, listen to these things that you can do to your bike. Some of those things change for 2018. So let me just get you some settings right now when you guys just buying your Honda. So run the sag low. Okay, this bike likes to run a 106 to 108. I ran 108, okay? I ran the fork three to four millimeters up in the clamp. Preferably me, three millimeters. I think it comes stock five millimeters. Um, for the fork, I went two stiffer 
It's a little bit, still a little bit soft for me. They did go up on spring rates for 2018. Still a little bit soft for me. I went two to three stiffer in on the compression and one slower on the rebound. Still very balanced fork feel. Shock, like I said, 106 to 108 sag. High speed, this is where I feel the, the, the shock lag lags a little bit. When I come into a jump face or I land it in between transition, I'm jumping out in some rollers, it's a little bit soft on the in stroke. So go a quarter turn to a half turn on your high speed, stiffer, okay? Low speed, you can go one to two stiffer as well. That helps it bring it up a little bit and you don't have that empty kind of feeling really quick at the end. I feel like it goes down in the stroke and then kind of goes bam and it's just done. When I feel like, man, everything else feels like there has more dampening at the end of the stroke, but the Honda feels like a little bit soft. So quarter turn, half turn on high speed helps. Um, the rebound, it's tough, man. I went slower. I didn't like it. I went a little bit quicker. I didn't like it. I just kind of left it stock and it was was basically okay and I left it there. A lot of riders didn't like it either. They kind of left the rebound in the stock standard position. So mostly just high speed and low speed and sag is very important on this shock. Now, things that we didn't do in the shootout, obviously, which I have done with this bike. I've told you guys, 2017 to 2018, they changed the engine hangers. That helped. That's something that we did in 2017. Removing the tank bolts, the top two tank bolts out, that helps as well. I know uh, a couple companies are going to make some bands that go over the top, so you can take your bolts out and have a band. So that helps you a little bit. Swing arm pivot that goes through the motor, right? You have that pivot bolt that goes in there. You can retorque that to five, negative five pounds from stock torque. So that means less, okay? You want to less, lessen this rigidity feeling so it moves a little bit freely in the rear to the middle of the bike. So just torque spec that five negative five pounds on the swing arm pivot. Some guys, you know, they go to Yoshimura mufflers, they take the rear where the subframe meets the, the muffler, they take those bolts out. Pro Circuit doesn't even have those bolts, they just have one top mount. To me, that's a better system. Just having one bolt on top of this muffler um, is a better feeling on the track than having two, one on the bottom, one on top. Yosh uses two. It's debatable. You guys can try taking a bolt out. I don't think it's that big of a difference, but you can try it. Um, to me, the most important things are just what we said, the settings that we went over, sag, and you guys can try taking those two bolts out of the fuel tank. I do like that, so I leave that off. I know some teams and some riders are using um, X axles, front axles, so they buy the collars, and they buy the, the axle, and that goes through your front wheel, and that helps the rigidity up front a little bit. Um, but to me, that hurts the cornering too much, so I didn't like that. But for those of you that are out there riding GPs, faster stuff, you can go by the X, not the RX, the old school X axle with the collars, the spacers, okay? And that will go through, and that will help rigidity a little bit. So that's one little tip um, that you can use. Um, map settings, I usually try to use um, map one on tighter tracks, I use map three on, on faster, um, loamier tracks. But overall, man, this bike's really good. 
even though I rated it fourth, it's one at different types of tracks that I've taken all these bikes to before I did shootouts. Um, I just feel the softer the dirt, the better this bike is. It feels light. Um, on paper, it doesn't say that, but it does feel light, and that's the comments we got from a lot of these test guys out there. Just, man, it feels light. It corners well. I remember vividly Tyler Browers was saying, yeah, it seems like the front fork settles in perfectly when I go in a corner. Like, it's just right at that, just at that right travel part where I feel like I got a lot of front-end traction. So that's one thing about this bike. You do get good traction feeling from the rear wheel, and you have good front-end bite. It's a very good neutral machine where you can steer with the rear or you can bank off the front, which to me is important. I need that. So I'm going to leave the 7.8 bars on. All you guys freak out and put you know all these other bars on. That's up to you guys. I like a 7.8. If I do try something, I won't go to, I'm going to try something maybe... Um, with with as much flex as I can get, so that's up to you. When I say rigid, rigidity, all these words that I say here about this bike, it's not harsh. Okay, that's the that's the difference. It's a little bit more rigid than these other bikes, and I do feel that, and that's why I rank it down. But it's not a harsh feeling where I'm like, holy crap, this is like Suzuki harsh back in 2017. No, or let's let's take it a step further. 2016 Honda, harsh. To me, harsh feeling, no good. Once they went to the new frame in 17, much better. They can still go a little bit more, a little bit better feeling. Hence, the Yamaha has that. And Kawasaki, very good bump absorption. So, no matter what, Honda was the winner. These are the settings that I feel like you guys can go towards for baseline settings and uh, get the best result. I'm looking forward to 250F Shootout. I've had a lot of positive feedback from these podcasts that I've been doing. To me, it's a more organic way of doing shootouts. You can hear every type of word, opinion, answer, question that we do with all of these riders. You can pick which guy you like the best and go towards that because he has his height, his weight. Just pick a guy that you're more familiar, familiar with and use his opinion to help you buy, uh, make your purchase if you're going to make a new purchase. So, and if you're not, who cares? It's fun, man. It's fun to talk about dirt bikes. It's fun to to bullshit and banter back and forth which bike's the best. So, it's been fun for me to do. It was a shit ton of work, but we're going to do it again for 250F Shootout, which is coming in November. First, we have the Honda intro coming in this month in October. So, um, we're going to knock all that stuff out. But thank you guys again for listening. Hope these settings help you. Again, if you guys have any questions, you can always hit me up at chris at kieferinktesting.com. If you see me at a track, by all means, come up and bullshit with me. I'll try to help you as much as I can. That's why I'm here. So don't feel threatened. If I look pissed, I'm not pissed off at you. I'm probably pissed because I'm riding like shit. So it's okay. Come over here. Talk to me. Bullshit with me. Take my mind off my shitty riding. And uh, we can talk about dirt bikes in the right setting to get you guys more comfortable out there. So thank you, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Thank you, Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com. Thank you, ScreenPrintingDone.com. And thank you, Rutted Racing. You guys have made my life a lot easier doing these podcasts for helping me. And please support these people. Keep this podcast going. We're going to be doing some more product reviews coming up. Shootouts are done. Thank Christ. Um, 
So we're going to be back to normal scheduled programming with tests and um, this Honda coming up intro. We're going to do another one of that. So be on the lookout. All right, guys. And uh, thanks for joining me. And we'll see you on the flip.